Welcome to the Mass Exodus Podcast. Hi, friends. Hi, family. This is your host, Rob Gregerson. Thanks for once again joining us on the Mass Exodus podcast. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. So usually we either have guests on who share their church exit stories, or we talk about topics like the afterlife or the Trinity. But today, I'm going to actually share my exit story. And the reason for this is because a significant part of my Exodus story directly correlates with the next several episodes that we're going to release after this. So sit back, enjoy, and thank you for listening. Chapter 1 Burnouts and Civil Wars The state of a burnout is interesting. Many times it's a result of loving something so much that somehow you end up resenting it by the end. Other times it's the result of an awakening of sorts. But as the burnout commences, your candle's once glowing flame begins flickering, dancing wildly like a drunk wedding guest, and then poof, blackout. Nothing but smoke. In the fall of 2008, I was hired as a music pastor to help modernize an old traditional church in the greater Seattle area. This church was struggling to attract a younger generation, and they wisely decided they needed a makeover. So they brought in progressive dreamers like me to help make this happen. Our intentions as a new staff were good, but our actions couldn't have been more destructive. Literally. To put it bluntly, we couldn't have been less sensitive to the members who were already there. We stormed in like a bulldozer, obliterating the house that these people had built with their calloused hands over the last many decades. There were no regards to their precious memories or their fragility in this change, just a four-ton steel wrecking ball right through the center of their home. You know those home makeover shows where a house is flipped upside down in like 24 hours? Yeah, we kind of did that. We painted the sanctuary jet black and installed concert lighting and fog machines. We plastered the foyer with a covering of neon green decor. And the elderly receptionist was fired because she couldn't type fast enough. We came in and we conquered. Yet somewhere in this church divorce, the shaming, the regrets, the exhaustion, the name calling, the insults, it all caught up to me and my flame began to flicker. I came in as a bushy-tailed 20-something worship leader of soaring ambitions and slowly began to look like an old sage with cracked skin and sunken eyes. I was deflated, depressed, and lacking any ounce of ambition. Sunday mornings would come around and the pressure was on me to manufacture positivity and energy. I couldn't project my true inner thoughts because if I had, I probably would have thrown up the middle finger to the entire operation, slamming the doors I left. Truth be told, I'm terrible at hiding my emotions, but I didn't want to lose my job. 
My stomach was in knots every time I picked up the guitar on stage, looked at everyone dressed in their Sunday's best, and sang songs about how great God was. But afterward, I'd go home and sink into deeper depression. My addictions to food, sugar, shopping, and pornography began to take a hold of me. Yet Sunday after Sunday, I'd return with a smile. Chapter 2, Amongst the Misfits On Wednesday evenings, the local AA, that's Alcoholics Anonymous, would gather in our sanctuary for their weekly meetings. Since I was the lone single staff member with no children and no wife to go home to, I was chosen to stay and lock up after they left. I kind of knew what AA was, but as a guy who never drank, I had no reason to attend a meeting. My impression of it was, of course, from what I saw in the movies. Just sad people sitting in a circle, bitterly sharing about their recent binges. I assumed there'd be a dozen or so attendees, and I'd just kind of roam the church until they were done. But instead, 200 plus people filed into our little church. It was like a hodgepodge of every human being I had ever seen. Businessmen and women, skater kids, old ladies with knitting needles, hippies, soccer moms, college kids, athletes, and blue-collar workers. All shapes, all sizes, and all colors. A real-life Where's Waldo book. Our pews that were half full of polite church attendees on Sunday were now crowded with loud misfits reeking of nicotine and cheap perfume. Oh, and the cursing. The language that would never be allowed in our holy space on any other day. I remember distinctly hearing a woman enter the sanctuary, spotting a friend on the opposite side, and enthusiastically greeting with a, Janet, how the fuck are you doing? During these meetings, I started up top in the balcony because I didn't think I belonged down there. I'd watch different folks stand up on stage, my stage, and share the most honest and horrendous stories without a flinch. They'd talk about how their addiction was a result of childhood trauma like abandonment, abuse, and neglect. Some would share that they'd recently relapsed but were now sober for a week. Others would say that they just got out of prison and were there to turn their lives around. No matter the story of success or failure, each person would be received with applause and embrace. I had never experienced this before, especially inside a church. You didn't have to appear holy to be welcomed and respected. You just needed to show up. And as I watched this community bear their honest, naked, wounded, and tattered souls out in front of each other, I began to relate. My dying heart slowly began beating. Thump, 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 thump. Thump, thump, thump. After several weeks of looking down from a bird's eye view, I decided to come down and wiggle my way into this crowd of misfits. Since I didn't drink, I, I never spoke up. I'd just sit there listening while feeling reassured that my discontentment with the church was not an accident. I was searching for a stage to show not only the best parts of me, but the worst. I was desperate to be known and seen. So back to my last Sunday morning as a pastor, I was singing my final song at the piano and something strange came over me as I was singing the last chorus. 
It was like the angel of AA landed on my shoulder and whispered in my ear, show them who you really are, Rob. As my fingers lifted off the keys, I turned to the attentive congregation, took a breath, and I said these words, just to let you all know I'm addicted to porn. And that would be the last thing I said from the pulpit. I know what you're thinking, and yes, it was super awkward after I gave my little porn admission. Just wide eyes and squirming body in the seats. Almost like a minute felt like an hour. The pastor practically sprinted to the pulpit to begin his sermon. Yet the show, of course, carried on, and soon after, I'd leave for good. Now, I've shared this story with many people, and I'm always taken back by how many resonate with it. The truth is that whether you are in the church or out of the church, whether you believe in God or not, no matter your circumstances, we can all resonate with the essence of what it is to be human because humanity is the very thing that binds us all. What I witnessed on Wednesday nights was very different than what I experienced on Sunday mornings. On Wednesday nights, I was invited to be my most human essence. I was allowed to bleed. I didn't need to impress or be sinless. I didn't need to fake an emotional posture. Wednesday nights were a safe space, a space to expose the shadows I hid beneath among others who shared in the same struggles. This was the church I was looking for. I did, in fact, get burnout, like I mentioned at the beginning of this. After I left church and looked back, I lived in regrets and wrestled with the shame of my experiences for the last 30 years. The more honest I allowed myself to be, the angrier I got. That anger eventually turned to sadness, and I guess these are what people call the stages of grief. Through it all, I've learned the importance and power of community. I've learned that we become the influences we are continually surrounded by. If we live amongst those who reinforce hiding behind belief systems and rituals, we will never get past putting on our Sunday's best. We'll lift our hands while singing songs of salvation, yet constantly find shelter under the fig leaves of shame. Yet if we stand bare with the Wednesday night misfits, we'll find actual wholeness in the exposure of our grime and filth. We'll stop trying to control everything around us. We'll stop trying to impress every person and our almighty gods. We'll stop trying to be holy and perfect. We'll simply share in our humanity together at its worst and its best. So on the next episode of The Mass Exodus, we're going to go to an AA meeting with a friend of mine who has an incredible story of trauma, addiction, recovery, and healing. See you then. Thank you for joining us on the Mass Exodus podcast. Your hosts were Rob Gregerson, Rhiannon Kaspar, and Stefan Schmidt. Music and production by Rob Gregerson. Please visit us at our website, themassexoduspodcast.com, or any of the major podcast platforms such as Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Mass Exodus Podcast. If you'd like to help support us, head over to patreon.com and search for us at the Mass Exodus Podcast. Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? We're looking for folks who want to share their church exit story or anyone who's done special work to support that process. If so, contact us at 
the.mass.exodus.podcast at gmail.com. So remember, friends, be kind to yourselves, be kind to others, and we can't wait to continue this conversation together.